Hi, and welcome to the Peak Endurance Podcast. My name is Isabel Ross, and I'm the coach at Peak Endurance Coaching Australia. On today's podcast, I'm interviewing Oscar Berrigan, the owner of Melbourne Altitude Training Centre. Oz has a proven track record in pole vaulting, weightlifting, gymnastics, and other team sports. Oz is now a certified physical trainer with more than 20 years of experience in coaching and training that includes professional involvement and active participation at the University of Melbourne, Victorian Institute of Sport, and the Grand Hyatt Melbourne City Club. Oz is driven by a passion to help people maximise their potential. His innovative approach to high altitude training has enabled athletes of all ages to achieve their fitness goals. Oz majored in applied science and he uses his evidence-based approach and proven techniques to drive results. The Melbourne Altitude Training Centre is the result of Oz's dedication and zeal to open up the benefits of high altitude training to one and all. I trained with Oz before my first Barclay attempt at the Melbourne Altitude Training Centre and I have to say I was at my strongest and best prepared for the challenges ahead. Unfortunately he wasn't able to help me with my navigating skills so as we all know that's where I fell behind within Barclay. Anyway I thought I know how good altitude training is so I thought I wanted to let all my listeners know too. So I went into the Altitude Training Centre the other day to chat with Oz about the benefits of altitude training. I hope you enjoy our chat. Hi Oz, welcome to the Peak Endurance Podcast. Hello. Uh, So can you just tell the listeners a little bit about your background in personal training and altitude training and those sorts of things? Um, yeah, it's well, my name's um, Osgur Began, so everyone calls me Oz, let's stick with that. And <laughs> a bit I, easier. Yeah, and it's a bit of a tongue twister. So yeah, I born and grew up in Turkey originally, that's why my name is sort of a bit unusual, and I have an accent. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, I've been very um, sort of entrepreneurial in, within the fitness industry in terms of my career, and invested in high altitude training. And yeah, we set it up uh, Melbourne Ultra Training six years ago now, and it's been you know going quite well. I think I will keep it. <laughs> <laughs> You're on a winner there. <laughs> yeah, and uh, and what's your athletic background? So I did um, track and field yep. initially. Um, I mean, a lot earlier I started like you know when I was really young, six seven year old. I started like you know grocery room and wrestling and yep. you know gymnastics and you know. Bit of bit of everything, um, because my family was involved with this sports, and then um, end up becoming a very fast runner. So I go okay. into you know long jump and yep. hurdles and stuff, and then did high jump, and then I tried decathlon. I thought you know I should do decathlon. It's a pretty <laughs> cool thing to do. It goes forever. You know, yeah, I love the track. Sports. I go there early before everyone, and I leave late. As yeah, <laughs> yeah. And um, and what was the best place to spend my teenage years, and then. I got awarded to um, my, you know, winnings in in the track. So what I mean by that is like, you know, um, you just sort of do things when you, if you're good at it. So yes. I was good at it with, you know, high jump. I did high jump. I was good at it with pole vault. I did pole vault. And then you just keep doing it. You just sort of like, you know, pulls in. And then, yeah, I had a very, very quickly, very ambitious goal. I wanted to go to 2000 Olympics. Oh, okay. And then looked it up on the map. It says Australia. So <laughs> where is that place? You know. Um, so I ended up basically um, studying about Australia and how can I get here. That, that was like 
you know, back in 1996, 97, and then end up landing here in 98. Yeah. Uh, with three months visa. Okay, yes. So that I will see this scene here, what's going on, and try to get qualified if I can. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, test the waters. And if it's not going to happen, it's not going to happen. But when I arrived, I got welcomed really well to, you know, um, the community that here that, you know, um, sort of was evolving around that time, um, yeah. leading towards the uh, 2000 Olympics. And, um, yeah, I, I ended up basically training with the, some of the top Australian athletes at that time and um, sort of uh, learned a lot and learned a lot about myself, especially yeah. English wasn't, you know, there. So uh, did you have any English when you came out? Well, on? I had a bit of everything yeah. because, um, you know, country like Turkey, you, like I got coached by Russian coaches and uh, okay. Bulgarians yeah. and, you know, German and you, you hear so many different languages in a small sort of micro dose. But I think it doesn't matter if I did know English, I would have still have to learn Australian. Yeah, it's different, <laughs> isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, and... And not just Australian language, is the Australian way and yeah. um, all those things, uh, basically, it was a good sort of landing place, uh, track and field community in yeah. Melbourne at that time, I think. Um, yeah, it was quite diverse and I met heaps of different people with dri driven with different goals. Um, and that sort of shaped my um, path in Australia. So and did you qualify? No, <laughs> couldn't qualify. Um, it was so high, um, yeah. and I was, um, I guess, um, at that age, you just you in the solitary sports like pole vaulting. It's it's not as same as like you know running hundred miles yeah. in the you know bush, <laughs> yeah. but it's sort of similar in a way. It doesn't go. Um, you know, like 10 hour plus, it's only yeah. goes like 10 seconds, yeah, less than 10 right. seconds, like yeah. in three seconds. Small margin of error. But error because is it's solitary yeah. uh, element, um, you have to bring so many different things in life together. Yeah. So someone has to coach you, you need to have the right poles, you need to have someone, you know, your medical backup, someone yeah. needs to massage you, your physio, like all those things, you know, you need to have the right nutrition, right sleep, and you need to have money. Yeah. And, <laughs> yes. and when you're performing really high level, um, you're always a little bit poor. You're always yeah. a little bit um, tired. You're always injured, and yeah. and you know, you just just get there. And I think um, I was good in Turkey, but I was not good over here. And then you really see that. You know, all of a sudden I'm just like competing against like guys like six foot seven, and ah, okay. they run like you know ten yeah. seconds, hundreds and stuff. Yeah. You know, doesn't matter how skillful you are with your gymnastics. It is a power element to it as well. Yeah. yeah. So it was a good. Um, you know, self-realization. Yeah. <laughs> uh, just so, sort of standing in front of the mountain of Olympics and then you just go, <laughs> well, <laughs> I knew you were big, but I didn't know you were that big, you know. <laughs> and then I got injured and then that injury sort of um, um, smashed me really. i done my ankle and then a week later I'd done it with the other ankle. Oh, okay. And then I spent all my money on the medical bills. And then I wanted to rehab myself and then I was met this awesome guy he was um yoga instructor he did uh, Iyengar yoga in St. Kilda um James his name is and um yeah so I basically practiced Iyengar yoga for a while to rehab my body and then 
did my um, all the qualifications in Australia to be able yeah. to work as a uh, fitness trainer and massage therapist. And then, yeah, I went to English course and I worked in the cafes and, and then Just sort of started from blue. Yeah. yeah. And then uh, because I had already a physical education degree back in Turkey, okay, to get the same qualifications over here, um, I have to sort of find out what I have to do. Yeah. And that ended up um, doing another two, three years at Vic Uni doing phys ed degree. Oh, okay. Um, a secondary teaching. But here you have to have the second teaching method. So I studied history and, you know, philosophy and yeah. social studies. <laughs> and all of a sudden, you know, you're not just learning the language. You're actually um, uh, learning everything about the social fabrics and um, especially r- related to Australian sports. You know, yeah. like, you know, what happens to kids after AFL? You know, yeah. what happens to kids after That's cricket? Right. Um, you know, like all those little... Um, things that you don't really think so much about sport and but are so important really yeah, and yeah. so important yeah um yeah it's yeah. a that was the probably one of the best thing i did going to bikini yeah and then continued on uh, with life got married to my training partner yep sarah biggin and she used to be a bullshit back then yeah and then she's finished like physiotherapy degree uh, finished um you know phys ed and then end up sort of um working together um fitness and physiodynamics that was our first business but she still worked in a hospital and i still worked in a, uh, okay. in a hospital um hospital hospitality industry like sort of five-star hotel gym yeah in the city and then from there um i wanted to more put my sort of focus into my own space with um sort of high high performance DNA you know something more like a um, sports sort of like a workshop place or a lab or you know you go there for training you know you can train someone pretty hard like it's like programming it's not that hard you can kill people in like 15 minutes yeah that's right (laughs) it's but giving the correct exercise and um, not just biomechanically physiologically like you know what sort of metabolic conditioning that they need to get through um so yeah setting up the high altitude um it was probably one of the best thing i did um because it gave me this really wide spectrum of various different athletes to work with yeah and i learned a lot so when i learn i love it i just want to continue on so you know like yourself um as well as you know i worked with someone you know just recently actually we had a guy uh f2 driver just like oh the, okay I, I would have never ever you know <laughs> think like you know f1 drivers can be that fit you well know? they need to be don't they yeah oh and yeah. these guys they're like sitting in the car like three or four hours yeah you know constantly um getting all this g-forces throughout their body yeah massive helmet tiny this tiny space tiny space in, in the yeah. heat yeah and you know, so it's really tough on the body. And you're traveling so fast. And, you know, you're driving this really expensive toys as yeah. well. Um, yeah, like I was shocked how fit and resilient and, you know, that mental focus there. It's um, quite remarkable. Um, and how ultra training benefits yeah. someone sitting in the car and driving around the track, around and around. Yeah, yeah. As well as someone, you know, running... Um, in the Rocky Mountains, you know. Yeah, that's right. 
and then you know heaps of cyclists I think uh, the high, high altitude um, training the consumer education sort of we always think that we know um, about it but we don't we don't really so there's this so what are the real benefits of the altitude training then um, well in a nutshell you know everyone straight away thinks about the you know your red blood cell production yes that's okay? right so that's the first got, thing that people yeah, think you of you got your hemoglobin um, your oxygen carries uh, increases their size and also numbers so that yeah. you get you know pump up more oxygen to your uh, body but the um, system that sort of um, get to that point before you produce more uh, red blood cells what else happens yeah so the whole thing is a lot to do with um, your hormonal adaptation to training okay um, hormonal adaptation is um, obviously when you exercise you know you you know you get happier you got serotonin yes, going that's on right. yeah also you get like you know really pumped you got like a lot of testosterone and you know yeah. adrenaline all those hormones goes up so when you do that in the high altitude room your EPO level goes up the uh, EPO okay. is the uh, responsible hormone to red blood cell production yeah um, iridium point it's the um, opening of the letters and the you probably heard that name before oh, yeah, you hear of <laughs> it's it like you hear it here and there more than anything yes yeah especially so, sort of a legal way of a legal way yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, well I, I mean I'm not an expert in how you sort of you know ramp up your performance in legal ways but um, I've seen hand on how um, production of EPO can change someone's life yeah um, if you do it properly in a um, high altitude room and know. how often would you need to be training at high altitude to get those sort of adaptions uh, it's, it's look to give you an answer that it's basically um, has scientific base to it you yeah. know, study so, so many different studies out there and the, they're all sort of between 6 weeks to 8 weeks to 10 weeks sort of protocols uh-huh. And I suppose it depends on the person too. And it depends it? on the person. Yeah. And it's around 45 to 60 minutes, uh, two sessions a week. Okay. Um, uh, yeah. Exposure. So that's not too much. That's not too much. But yeah. it's, and then when you start talking about like what sort of altitude yes. um, and what sort of intensity, that changes to different sports. So is it like the, age the higher the altitude, the better? Is that necessarily? It's not really. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that's why like uh, there's now... I don't know. I think we've got like nearly a dozen altitude rooms now in Melbourne. Yes. In six years. Yeah. It's just gone bananas. <laughs> um, which is really good. Like it's, you know, indicates the growth in the market and people are interested in it and obviously works. And, um, you know, it's good, good for us. Um, but I get this, you know, people come in, oh, I went to so and so place. They had a like, you know, uh, 3,200 meters and yours yeah. is like 4,200 meters. Um, I can feel this better or they say you know like the, the, you know the, as a consumer you go in you know you want to think of like you're buying something yes and you know okay I'm paying the money I want to be in the highest possible yeah. altitude <laughs> <laughs> so okay um, well <laughs> first of all there's a um, therapeutic good Australian regulation so you can't oh, do okay. actually um, 11% is the cutoff so there's like the base camp altitude 11% uh, is around 5,300 meters okay 
and the so you're not allowed to do over that you're not allowed to do yeah, over that yeah. like insurance wise yeah you won't be i never anyway. even thought about insurance yeah. for that sort of thing <laughs> otherwise yeah. you, know, you can just whack some plastic yeah. bag on someone's head. <laughs> um so and also when you think about physiologically um what lack of oxygen does to someone's brain you know mm. so okay you want to increase your red blood cells but how much you're killing your brain cells you know so you just it's a trade-off yeah. you, you, there's a trade-off so you yeah. need to be really careful i mean saying that um uh, the mechanics of it what happens is we have this industrial machinery that you know purifies the air yeah and then uh air gets treated you know cooled down and then all the moist out and then goes through this very expensive membrane that being built by boeing um, okay. uh, aviation company and the so they uh, separate nitrogen and oxygen yeah and then there's all this um, monitoring um, devices in the room so it'd be measured like co2 levels and oxygen and we actually have a human the humidizer as well so we know the humidity in the room yeah and then, um, so we dial whatever the altitude that we want to go to, and the software calculates the levels in the room constantly to huh. balance the room. Sort of like flying a hot air balloon, I guess. Yeah, yeah, wow. <laughs> as soon as you lower down, it just pumps up again. Yeah. Um, it's quite expensive to run. Oh, you know? I can imagine. You've got yeah. 15 kilowatt compressor running like for 10 oh, hours. Okay, That's, yeah. That can be costly. Um, and also people going in and out of the room as we'll well. Change the pressure. Yeah, yeah. Change the pressure. So in terms of running five thousand over, it's stupidly expensive for yes. a, you know yeah. an operator, I would say. But also same time, um, I, I never met anyone actually can train at four thousand, five thousand meters yeah. efficiently. Anyway, what I mean by that is um, when you at four thousand meters, for example, just being in the room for like ten to twenty seconds. Um, your blood oxygen saturation starts depleting straight away. Oh, okay, that quickly. That quickly. So yeah. we can measure that with oximeters on your uh, throughout your yeah. nail bed. And if you already down to 88, 89% oxygen, uh, according to all those studies, it always recommends between 82, 85%. Oh, okay, yeah. You're probably going to walk on the treadmill or just sit on the bike a little bit and that's just going to shave off <laughs> another 5% enough. anyway. Yeah. Um, but, you know, we want to go into the room and we want to do burpees and we want yeah, to get right. on the treadmill and yank it up and do yeah. some, you know, um, testing. Um, and people, you know, we all know, like, alcohol affects your brain. Yes. <laughs> but yes. some of us like to just see how badly it's going to affect your brain. You know, like, yeah. you just... Um, people like to push boundaries and... Yeah. Um, I think I, I describe it as um, if you blow eighty percent, it's like you never been in the sun before, and you getting yourself out without sunscreen, a oh, hot okay. summer day, yeah, yeah, and try to get tanned. Yeah, it's not going to happen in one hour of tanning. No, and you're just going to get burned. Yes, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> so the, you do get tanned, but it's <laughs> like a bit red, yeah. <laughs> and it takes you quite a bit to recover from that. Yes. Um, yeah. You know, overloading. Um, but the programming that we designed over the years, a um, lot of um, high intensity interval training in the room. Yeah. And, you know, people uh, out there working in the commercial world or people work around here or living around here, you know, you've got like one hour time to train. Yes. So in that one hour, how can you maximize your time in the room? Um, I find personally like just doing strength work outside, outside okay. the room. Yeah. 
and then inside the room doing more uh, metabolic conditioning, your oh, cardio. Okay. Yeah. And it's very, very effective because you're giving yourself a um, exposure to sort of oxygen, 21% outside, yeah. and do your lifting, you know, exert those muscles, and then go in, um, and there's no oxygen yeah. <laughs> when yeah. you really need it. And then, you know, you basically uh, tap your... Uh, muscle glycogen your sugar everything just yes. you empty the tank really That's really right. fast yeah, yeah. it's probably 20 minutes instead of like 40 minutes you're yeah. already in that sort of fat bone zone yeah yeah in that uh, first half an hour and then the rest is you know how much it can you last <laughs> <laughs> yeah um, so and and it's true because you burn more <clears throat> glycogen when you're at altitude yeah is there any difference between how the effect on men and women like I've heard that women burn more fat at altitude so is there any difference there uh, I guess um, you know how we talk about like muscle memory yeah uh, I think there is a fat memory as well oh, okay <laughs> uh, and you know a lot of you know neuromuscular memory is sort of um, whatever you've been exposed in the past yeah uh, it just your body gives different results later on to different stresses so yeah I think um I find yes, girls are pretty quickly they um, empty the tank yeah. in terms of you know how fast they actually respond to um, deplete, depletion the sugar levels in the body. Yeah. Not that we measure the um, you know how much sugar someone's got. No, that's right. Yeah, but you can just thing. tell. But I can just yeah. tell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she's getting cranky. Yeah. And, um, yeah. and then you know like afterwards, people hungry. Like I, I, yeah. I mean I eats huge amount of food to just to work in the room you know like yeah, just yeah. and also um, because you'd you be at to, that altitude you're just a lot. exhausted yeah you know. um yeah my first year was sort of probably the toughest year like i was um so excited you know i was training in there two hours yeah. a day at least <laughs> and then working in there all day <laughs> and i didn't have any staff so i was here like from 6 oh, a.m to 7 yeah. 30 at night yeah. And people are coming in, you know, all day long, just like double booked, you know, yeah. just educating people about talking in the room all days. Sometimes I just couldn't talk because oh, wow. my brain just couldn't find the words, yeah. you know, and I know I need to eat something straight away or hydrate because um, it does really affect your um, hydration levels as well. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You do this sort of don't feel it, but and then yeah. very quickly um, you become quite thirsty. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I ended up um, getting my blood tested and, you know, I went through a very thorough um, health check. Yeah. And doctor couldn't believe it. He's taught, like, I have, like, you know, some sort of lung disease. He's oh, like, okay. I had, like, you know, my nails changed and, oh, wow. you know, the, the structure of my, um, you know, physiology was changing because of the high altitude. It was really interesting. And um, as I said... Uh, explain to the guy you know like this is what yeah. I do and this is this stuff and he done his studies and said wow this is yeah. very unique <laughs> um, so you need to be on iron tablets ah, <laughs> you need to yeah, be taking yeah. you know B6 B, yeah. you know zinc um, yeah like I was you know basically souped up with a whole lot of different supplements yeah. and and I had to sleep more and ah, okay. um, I had to ch- sort of change I was um, and then I was falling in love with the endurance sport. So that's when yeah. I invested in cycling and then... And do you um, feel that the altitude, being at altitude so much, uh, improved your performance? Definitely. Yeah. Like, you know, I'm... Uh, we done even DNA testing and everything. So, I, I, like, I actually spent all my life with sprinting. 
Yeah, so, that's know, right. So non-endurance. Signing up for Ironman, yeah. <laughs> it's people like, what? <laughs> Why you want to do that to yourself? You know, and I, I was so stupid. I didn't even know, you know, um, like goal setting. Um, oh yeah, it's not my thing really. <laughs> I want to go to Olympics. You know, like I want to do the Ironman. So I was just really into it. And um, yeah, six months before the Ironman, I signed up, and then uh, sort of I had six months to prepare. And you know, I went for my first run around the Old Park, did seven oh, okay. k's. Yeah. And by the time I got back here, I was like literally walking through the Moray Street. <laughs> and then, <laughs> you know, it started from there on. So yeah. I uh, put a lot of effort into it. I did most of my um, run and riding um, in the room. Yeah. And then I didn't have time to go to pool. Yeah. Um, so we invested in this equipment called Ski Erg that goes on oh, the wall. Oh, that's right. Yes. Which kind of mimics the swimming action, doesn't it? In a way, just sort of like activates you more your shoulders and your arms. So I tried to, yeah, mimic that and end up um, spending around 40 minutes every day for like four weeks. Yeah. And then it was so boring. (laughs) I could not lift my arms up. Oh, wow. Seriously, I had to go and see, um, well, my wife, she treated me for a while. But then I went to see this guy. He's um, done similar sort of stuff and... He looked underneath my armpits. It, the muscles were so tight. Yeah. Um, so yeah, lots of stretching and yoga. <laughs> and then uh, got into um, pool. Uh, a guy called um, Ryan Burke. Uh, he had a, a little coaching business in Alder Park. Yeah. Um, he passed away actually. He's a lovely, lovely guy. He had a heart attack at a very young age. Um, it's like sub five hour half Ironman. Oh, wow. Um, great. Um, swimming coach overall great coach anyway um, so he looked at me on the water did all the video analysis and stuff he's from Byron Bay he said hey bro I don't know how you do it you look like a frog in a blender but you can you can really go forever though it's like I was basically in the water like hour and a half just non-stop going oh wow but I was yeah. not getting anywhere oh okay yeah oh that's no good it wasn't good at all. Like, I was going... <laughs> Not when you got 3.8k to swim. <laughs> no, it took me, like, 45, 50 minutes to swim, like, you know, um, one and a half k's. Oh, it was, <laughs> um, I was, like, doing ski work in the water pretty much. But and then he taught me how to swim. Yeah. I went to a few different swim clinics and, you know, watched on the YouTube, done all the drills, you know... Yeah, improved. So my first time, second time, man, I did uh, nearly one hour on the 3.8k oh and that's great yeah, yeah and I thought I wouldn't I shouldn't never lose that ability yeah so I still swim twice a week oh, okay that's good just yeah. 1k at least yeah yeah you know just, just to keep that muscle memory yeah. yeah so I go into water 20 minutes just 20 to 30 minutes just basically yeah. get one one to one and a half k's and get out yeah you know? um, and we live in this beautiful city like you know we've got pools everywhere yeah like, that's right if you can't do it in this country I don't know where you can do it. You know, yeah. it's like absolute milk and honey. Um, so yeah, I'll do that. And uh, and I still maintain, I mean, I'm a runner, but like running for distance is a different story. Yes. There's like a different language, you know. Yeah. We all talk, but the, everyone talks different yeah. language. So the whole endurance thing, uh, running for Ironman, you know, learning how to uh, use your cadence and relate that to, you know, high altitude room. So, um, 
you know, necessity, uh, mother of all creation. So that's yeah. everything started with me in that way. I didn't have any money, I didn't have anything, and then I yeah. just like basically have to invent and become something all the time. And with the room, uh, when you don't have time to train and you don't have staff that you know yeah. gonna look after the business and you go out and something, so I have to invent myself to how I can achieve this goal. Yeah, and being locked in the room as well. So I learned how to um, work with the cadence on the bike, um, on the white bikes, which um, which is sort of like quite unique, I think, um, within the running community. Yeah. Because uh, one of my first clients six years ago was um, a guy called um, Andrew Shaw. He's the proud owner of uh, SOS Hydration. Ah, uh, that's right, yes. Um, it's a bit of name dropping. <laughs> <laughs> and so I met Andrew and Andrew. Um, if you know Andrew Payne, I think they got like uh, um, they got the Oscars 100. Oh, uh, yes, that's heart right. Heart to heart. Yes, you know, which yes, that's I would right. love to do that race yep. one day. Um, you could start with the Archie. <laughs> yeah, uh, <laughs> one day. <Yeah>. And <laughs> so what happened is. Um, uh, he couldn't like he was a very unusual athlete for me like this guy he says he can run like 50k's you know it's for a yeah. breakfast but he couldn't even touch his toys you know like oh, he had okay the, typical runner yeah he had the worst mobility in his hips yeah. you know it was just every bits that I touched it was just like how do you like how do you do it you know yeah. before before you're a runner you need to be a human yeah. <laughs> you know humans can squat humans can pick up the keys off the ground yeah humans yeah well, they <laughs> can have mobility throughout the spine you know you can't be just a um just the runner and <laughs> and um although you know, i think many runners it. are guilty of that yes and so that was a bit of a um you know philosophical shift to you know have for him to change yeah. and um so i basically did a lot of uh, mobility work with him in the room as well as um, because I was training him for um, uh, Northways, uh, oh, yeah, one hundred in which is Martins. UTA now, yep, yeah, that's UTA right, now. yeah, that was his first race um, f- uh, for hundred k, yeah, and I started I think three months before the race I started training him, um, and yeah he did well he ended up finishing like you know, fourteen hours or something he oh, was, okay. he, yeah. he started really well he was yeah. very surprised with his time. And he got so excited, he registered to Surf Coast Century straight away. <laughs> but I ended up, um, I ended up running with him straight after. Oh, okay. So we ended up running in Dandenong's, um, uh, we used to park at Basin Theatre. Yep. Yes, um, that's right. 7am in the morning, Sunday. Yep. And, and run with DTR? Oh, well, I, they, right? it was very dark. Oh, okay. So you <laughs> it was it was it was very dark and very you know cold. This yeah. is throughout that you know my first year here. Uh, six oh, years okay. Ago. So it was a while ago. Yeah, yeah. A while ago now, and we did like maybe a year and a half doing that yeah. Um, yeah. on and off. Um, I had maybe, and that was part of his training, or that was after it. It was UTA? part of well. I wanted to know what it's like to run, yeah, trials. Yes, and so I was fascinated, like. If this guy liked that, others are like that as well. Yes, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I just couldn't believe it—the diversity of the shapes and the body yes. types and the trial running, and yeah. how, and how nice people were as well. Yeah, that's it's right. Like, you know, oh, people that's... wait for you. You know, yeah, everyone's share so their lovely. food. Yeah, it's and it's all in the bush, and you know, like yeah. really the lovely part of the world. Um, yeah, I've absolutely got fall in love with it, and I converted a few of our members from here, and we set up a team to um, do the hundred uh, k. In you know, four of you do it together. Oh, the trial walker, yeah, yeah, trial, um, 
for the Surf Coast Century. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. okay. A so relay up, team. Yeah, relay yes, team. So okay. I ended up doing the third um, leg of it. Leg of it, which is like uh, I think it was um, twenty four k's. Yeah. All, all uphill. Okay, <laughs> you got the good leg. <laughs> yeah, that was good fun. Um, yeah, that's when I met um, you know Chris Chris Lord and yeah. um, another lovely man. Um, yeah, so I learned a lot with Andrew and his uh, tribe um, about how to coach these guys and what's missing and yeah. then use the altitude room to sort of um, hunt those things. And, and how do you think altitude would help a, an ultra runner? What would it give them? Look, if you... Performance-wise. Performance-wise, if anything, it makes you very resilient, I think. Yeah. Yeah. And probably um, not many people think about it, but the temp- body temperature, I find... Um, like how you regulate your body heat. Yes. You can get really cold over 100 Ks. Yes, yeah. <laughs> Towards the end, you know, you just you just got no blood left. You feel yeah, like yeah. you're just running like just someone just taking all the heat out of you. Yeah. So all the feedback I receive is um, regulating the heat um, throughout the body. doesn't matter yeah. if it's in the cold or in the heat. Um, and then also... Um, with the whole altitude training, we always focus on the how rich is the blood, but it's actually more how much your legs are seasoned yes. in that condition. Uh-huh. So when you um, look at some of the specialist cyclists, they're very good examples. You know, they can do cycling for like you know five or six years, and they can always go back on the bike, and those legs they come straight away. Yeah, yeah. And you just go he's not even training like how does it work yeah that's right just because his legs um, able to use available oxygen um, efficiently okay so this is the cellular effect of high altitude training it's um, I found this in many ways in different parts of my body like how um, isolated group muscles are actually responding so well for um, that fatigue barrier uh-huh. So and, it improves you can, your, your fatigue barrier. Yeah, you can yeah. push it so much longer. And, yeah. you know, if you're um, into sort of more lactic acid barrier level sort yeah. of uh, athlete, also pushes your lactic levels further as okay. well. Um, I think I watch a few different docos and uh, when you uh, talk about cycling especially, one of the most common ways of... Um, if, you know, using altitude training for the cyclists, you take a bunch of guys up to somewhere really high, train them there, check their, um, you know, their lactic acid levels after certain efforts. Okay. And yeah. then, as soon as their lactic levels improving, um, that's when the when you start harvesting their blood, taking the blood okay, out, yes. and then pumping back again before the event. Okay. Um, so those guys more work with the. Um, they use the lactic acid levels as a um, rule of measure. Yeah. Not so much the red blood counts and all that yeah, kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. so it's, it's, uh, it's quite magical when you think of, you know, um, you can run 100 meters and you never hit the wall. So you, yeah. you can run like 400 meters and you never hit the wall. Yeah. Have you ever done any sprinting of like 400 meters yes yes you know there's this uh, invisible wall oh, like yes. you, you hit yeah. around like oh, last 80 meters yeah. yeah or last 120 meters you yeah. can be like last 40 meters all of a sudden you hit it and you just like 
like you're running, running through treacle, yeah. You're running through your body running, you have no control. Yes, that's right, yes. <laughs> and the moment you finish you just bang, yeah. done. It's like yeah. lactic acid coming out from your eyeballs. Oh yeah. you feel like you you know, ugh gives me shivers. Yeah, no, I hate that feeling. I don't, uh, <laughs> I'd rather run a hundred. Four hundred hurdles yeah. a few times and yeah. I think one of the worst events that you could ever do when you think of like the lactic load in the body. Yeah. Um so yeah, that's about it. That's yep. my um, sort of. Um, I mean, without being super sciencey and technical about the ultra yeah. sort of, uh, yeah, benefits of right. ultra training, it's more sort of like practical and logical way of thinking what yep. actually happens in the room and how it affects you. Yeah. Now you also have some um, biohacking um, things here at the center night. So yeah. do you want to just tell us a little bit about them and what the benefits to runners might be from those? Yeah. So what is biohacking is, um, that's the first question go, yes. what's that biohacking? You, <laughs> are you a hacker? Um, yeah, the hacking isn't really like, in Australia, I think, it's not really that positive sort of um, no, that's not word, yeah. but in US, especially in California, it's the that's the thing now. Just everyone, you know, biohackers over there. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think the in especially LA culture, um, biohacking is sort of um, always been there. You know, yeah. when you got a whole lot of beautiful people in one place, they all want to be the competing most the most yeah. beautiful. So That's they right. all want to do everything they can possible to be more beautiful and youthful and longevity. Um, so the whole thing sort of um, started. I mean, altitude training is a biohacking. You know, yeah. you're just That's basically right. optimizing yeah. your ability to be able to perform longer and better. Yeah. You know, by training in the high altitude. It's yeah. so the, the same deal applies to uh, some of the um, services that biohacking offers um, so I went to conference in US early in the uh, last year now yeah, that's and right. uh, yeah. I can't believe it's already gone <laughs> and I met a whole lot of um, interesting people uh, really like I was really surprised how um, what a massive world was out there it's the, yeah. it's the population and the industry just so huge there's like yeah. you know 1,600 different vendors in this conference oh wow that's a lot and they're selling from you know glasses to you know this special red and blue and yeah. you know yellow glasses to um, gloves to beds to drinking water fountains yeah, that yeah. you know got all sorts of you know alkaline properties in it to like endless yeah. endless different things and um, you know, you know, you're there to buy things. Yeah, that's <laughs> so, right. Yeah. You know, everyone on you just try to. And I was pretty keen to invest in it. And you know, I've been spending the last six years here just educating people about you know their diet and their lifestyle and ultra training and training methods and all kind of stuff. Um, and no one really talks about so much about the recovery. Yeah, that's so, right. Having a physio wife, so we're kind of lucky, you know, we yeah. keep the business in the house. Yeah. <laughs> uh, break him and she fixes. <laughs> and then, I, I mean, I worked as a massage therapist like how many years, you know, 20 uh, odd years. And, um, and I know how, um, how much important to um, have a fresh body and tuned That's body right. and yeah. um, all that. I mean, you can improve things so much with, you know, by eating the right food yeah, and nutrition and right. stuff but yeah. in the end of the day there's that X factor so 
Yeah, basically, I invested in four different items. Um, we have um, pulse, um, pulsating electromagnetic field machine. We yep. call it like cell trainer, which has um, ability to be able to improve your cell function. Okay. So hydrating your cells and increasing um, longevity of the cell, and yep. especially in the mitochondria level, like you know. Um, it recharges your mitochondria so like our body is a capacitor so we can we store energy and then throughout the whole day we just spend energy yeah, that's right yeah. and there's an electrical translation for that okay. and the when you um enter you just enter and and you you all already learned uh, from the mobile phones you know you can only charge yeah, so much right. yeah yeah <laughs> especially those short charges yeah. destroys that, that yeah, battery right, doesn't does. it yeah so you got to empty it completely and yeah. then recharge it I and mean, no one does it anymore um it, it's it's a bit like that i think our bodies as well especially towards the end of the week or end of the year yeah. doesn't matter how much you sleep doesn't matter how much you eat you're, you're huge trained you yeah. always depleted so that was the whole idea about that, you know, basically yeah. um, have a place that we can, uh, on a cellular level, we can affect someone's um, recovery. So we have a lymphatic drainage system, which is um, like a one of those space suit, sort of like a pants and a jacket. Uh-huh. And it measures your um, body blood pressure. So it basically takes the blood pressure from every part of your body oh, okay. yeah. and then creates a virtual image of how much pressure you're putting out and then gives you um, pressure back to according to their algorithm how much pressure you need because it works on like a compressive sort of like air compression and then that stimulates um, your lymphatic drainage system Um, also you know recovering from lactic acid as well so if you you know overload it with your calves and quads um, it your limbs immediately just gets emptied like in 20 minutes and yeah. which is wow. big tick so yeah. then you have like a, your ankles are like imagine like swollen yeah, well, like so a, like after you've done an ultra your your um legs and feet often swell so that would yeah. help with that wouldn't yeah. it yeah oh yeah. yeah big time and most of us we don't really realize the um stress of having uh swollen legs yeah so like we our bodies are like a bucket of water isn't it it's just like you yeah pretty much all water and if all all that water just sitting on your legs there's something not working (laughs) so it puts a lot of pressure on the kidneys your heart your uh, circulation all around Um, and then so yeah it gives you basically it drains you and gives good kickstart to your body to sort of regulate itself for a while obviously you know um, if you've done something really ridiculously hard and um, you're swelled up and then you know you get the service button and then you might repeat it again a few times yeah but definitely better than nothing yeah and with the so that's that and then also we have um uh, another machine this company called uh, nano v they invested in um more the cancer patients about um what sort of uh, stresses they build up in their brain um, okay. after all the toxins that there goes oh, into their course. body yeah yeah from, the, from the treatments from from the various different types of treatments yeah, yeah. And the overall anxiety and, you know, um, sort of mood issues that these people also experience as well. And they find a lot of hot spots in the frontal cortex and medulla and throughout the whole brain, basically. You've got like alarm bells are going everywhere. (laughs) And and they, you know, translate as oxidative stress. Yeah. Um, But it's really just the... um, 
circulation issue, but hydration issue and inflammation. Okay. So you're not going to have a particular drug that goes and just affects your brain. I mean, yeah, that's very right. sensitive thing. Yeah, so yeah. our body is um, basically how we um, hydrate those cells. We have this really long system that, you know, um, starts in your gut, you know, you produce more hydrogen yeah. and then that balance with oxygen and then just travels up your body and just eight hours, ten hours later, you basically deliver the um, hydration to the cell. Yeah. And the, um, so the, that form of uh, hydration, um, it's called easy water. So it means um, exclusion zone of water. So the w- water has to be um, electrically charged to be able to penetrate into your cell membrane. Yeah. Um, so that it will hydrate the cell. Um, here with this device it happens um, instantly so you okay. inhale basically um, yeah. electrically charged um, water molecules and, uh, and so what we were like discussing earlier is that you're bypassing the digestive process and it's going yeah. straight into yeah the straight cell. into it yeah. it's, it's not even like going to your lungs it's just like as soon as you yeah. inhale it like in. bang yeah. it's in your body already yeah. and the it affects straight away your bloodstream and then affects your brain and the I mean you could ask like you know tons of questions and i'm sure there's tons of different answers yeah and what struck me the most is was um uh i went to different lectures from this conference that i went to they had um uh, so you go to lecture that they talk about how good it is and then you go to yeah. lecture that they talk about oh it's not that good <laughs> <laughs> i was just like i kind of go okay um with this one um it's all good, good, good. And yeah. I thought, okay, well, I, I'll go and say hello to the guys and meet yeah. them who they are. And a lot of, um, like, endurance athletes, you know, okay. and military. Yeah. And, like, there was no one had cancer. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, what's going on? Um, it's become basically um, anti-aging um, equipment. So uh, okay. yeah. a lot of, yeah. you know, rich and famous in, be- there, you know, yeah. Beverly Hills yeah. You know, you can sit on the couch and just inhale this <laughs> amazing holy air and yeah. um <laughs> and be on your phone and 20 <laughs> minutes later your brain is like awesome and do it again. Um so that's what they do, but the big benefits for um for the endurance athletes, so let's say you did like I don't know 30k, 40k, maybe 50k um started really early in the morning, yeah. you come home you completely depleted and you feel like you're just about to cry but also you feel like you're just about to eat someone yes that's right (laughs) and every sound and every voice around you just all sounding very everything becomes quite annoying yes you know I've been there many times and I know how um, your brain can fry um, if you sort of um, depending yeah yeah. long and hard for a long long time I guess Um, so yeah you get on this in 20 minutes and bang it's yeah. it's like um, it's never happened yeah, it's wow. like uh, that awesome. was um, yeah. that was amazing and over there obviously I didn't go for like 50k and test it out no, but I went right. out uh, in a venue in Beverly Hills you do go out yeah. <laughs> um, you just want to see everything so I had a really late nights not that I drink much but late nights you know yeah, which is exhausting just, which is yeah. exhausting like every day day after day after and then you go to a different time zone um, I mean before I left I was already working pretty hard here as well anyway but next day I was first one in the line to the uh, oh, yes, to machine yeah, yeah. I was there like 20 minutes bang <laughs> lights are on <laughs> no coffee no yeah. nothing it was oh, wow. that effective so 
Wow. I thought, wow, this is something yeah. I need to invest in this. So and then, you know, did my sums and ended up, yeah. end up buying one. <laughs> well, that's awesome. Well, so people can come here and, and have a go yeah. themselves. Yeah. That's fantastic. It's, yeah. So the room runs, um, depending on people, like it's uh, because the price point, which we're working on, um, right now we have people like sort of, um, they have multiple businesses all around the world and yeah. they, you know, they travel around. So they want to maximize their time in here. Yeah. So yeah. they want to do half an hour ultra training instead of one hour in the sea level. You know, they want to do half yeah. an hour biohacking. Yeah. And and because they just arrive from Hong Kong or they're just you know yeah. flying to Sydney or wherever. Yeah. And the room for that works really well. So if you have an event coming up, I can prepare you differently yeah or after event yes and this yeah. events doesn't have to be just a sporting events yeah. <laughs> especially yeah. like you know if you got like big thing coming up in the weekend you know birthday christmas whatever ah, it's okay just, so it's, it's sort of almost yeah. energizes yeah. you ready for it yeah then. and then the, uh they're in the beginning of the week monday yeah. monday to tuesday so wednesday people from like the weekend. Yeah. recovery uh, guys yeah. as well and like anything i mean i can you know do my style pitch and talk about it all day but you're just going to try it and yeah. um, people who tried it they instantly keep buying and keep coming yeah. back yeah. Um, which is a good sign and yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah you they're can obviously only... seeing benefits so yeah and I'm not going to you know become a millionaire doing this it's just <laughs> a, another service and um, you can only book so many people and you know and I'm, I'm really pleased and um, really excited about you know how it actually helps people yeah. you know it's yeah. something cutting edge and something new to the um yeah and know, when you're when Melbourne you're looking scene. for those one percenters that's yeah. that's the sort of thing you're looking yeah. for yeah yeah now um, with the um if people wanted to book in for altitude training do you do like group sessions or individual sessions or what is it that you have? um yeah well we developed like you know membership um early in the sort of six, uh, six years ago early in the business and um you know we had like one price you pay like three twenty a month. Um, back then, it was much cheaper, um, and then you basically have access to all the classes. Ah, okay, yeah. Um, but th- this year we're starting um, sort of consumption on consumption sort of membership. So we've yep. got like two days a week membership. Ah, okay. And then you know uh, three days a week membership. We're thinking about it, but and then you know either you do two days and then you buy pack session packs yep. or you buy membership. So right now it's summer special deal going on, uh, which is like forty nine dollars a week um, oh, wow. yeah. for four weeks to yeah. sort of try out. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah, that gives you basically unlimited access to all the classes: six a.m., seven a.m., twelve thirty, five thirty, and six thirty in the evening. And there's always parallel classes to that. Um, we don't actually call it classes; we call it sessions yeah. for cycling. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah, because everyone's different in the room, and we run. It's like personal cycling sessions, but yeah. individually, and that sort of um, again developed here, but with trial and error, and working on um, really sort of wide range of different types of riders, and yeah. Um, and yeah, it works out really well. And um, yeah. and can people have individual one-on-one sessions as well? Yes, yeah. So I start the group timetable. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's what I do. I do yeah. uh, one-on-one <laughs> sessions, and we have a couple of different trainers, and they also take sessions as well. And then uh, my wife Sarah's um, physiotherapy business sort of expands into the room as well. So we yeah. do clinical Pilates, uh, okay. but not sort of 
in the sense of clinical Pilates, more like um, um, Pilates combined with altitude training, more like you know exercise physiotherapy. Okay. Um, yeah. You know, you're healing with exercise, like yeah, we yeah. keep moving. Yes, which um, is always the best thing. Yeah. yeah. So Sarah had you know a good career in the hospital system at Caulfield Rehab, and she had you know quite a diverse sort of clientele. Um, from um, you know um, car accidents and neural um, sort of um, recovery sort of patients and more patients but now becoming more athletes and and, um, yeah so if you have a broken collarbone and if you're a cyclist I don't know what other place you can be (laughs) Um, you know if you have you know hip replacement which last year we had uh, husband and wife to to uh, this couple that had uh, hip, replace, hip replacement and they're both on track and yeah. he's done his I think first half Ironman oh wow um, yeah it's quite amazing like amazing recovery yeah. like in yeah. um, probably like six to eight months yeah um, jeez it's yeah it's like straight after operation he was pretty much on the bike and the doctors yeah. the surgeons that's what, that's what they say you know you just oh, gotta okay. get it back on yeah and then within the first two three months we discovered that you know there's something not right yeah um they've done it something a little bit tighter oh okay and then there was a question straight away you know should we go out with the knife again mm. or what other stuff that we can do and then yeah we basically you know what's the damage after the operation you know identify yeah. that and then work on that you know just really speed it up that um recovery process yeah um yeah <laughs> yeah it, we get really um uh, into it really yeah <laughs> you do yeah no that's yeah. that's great well um thank you so much for talking with me today and <laughs> well I'm thanks sure, for having me thanks yeah. you know really I'm sure everyone got a lot out of that and they can yeah. i'll have all the contact details yeah. for melbourne altitude training center in the show notes Thank you so much. Thank Thanks you. Thanks for coming. Oz is a great guy who knows so much about training athletes. I hope you will consider altitude training as it is of immense benefit. I've included his website in the show notes, so make sure you check him out. On another note, I want to congratulate one of the athletes I coach called Dan Revy. We've been working together for a while now with two bays as his first major A goal. Dan took 97 minutes off his 2019 time for a massive PB. Well done, Dan. He said that he really appreciated the training program as it helped him focus on running his easy days easy and his hard days hard. And this helped him be able to not get burnt out, which is a common problem among many runners who don't have a coaching program. So, and this also gave him the motivation to face all the challenges of the race. He's looking forward to more races. And if you want to be coached by myself, check out my website at peakendurance.com.au as I do love to help runners achieve their goals. Next week's podcast is with Ashley Drew. Pardon me. Ashley is one of the people from the Rain Table Discussion podcast the other week. I was so interested by his story of being a runner with stage four cancer and I think you'll find his story as inspirational as I have. So that is next week. I really appreciate your you taking the time to listen to the podcast. Don't forget to subscribe and rate and review the podcast. As I said, I love reading your reviews and putting a rating and review on it helps um, the podcast to gain credibility for getting more uh, people to interview. So I really appreciate your efforts with that. 
Have a great week of training.